Check. Yep. Dun, 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 dun. We're more likely to believe an important local businessman than a foul mouth jerk from out of town. Foul mouth? Fuck you, man. Astronauts, you are now rocking with the worst. This is the worst case scenario, and I am your host, the foul mouth jerk, Falio Iglesias, Chafe Guevara, Chevy Chafe, Punani DeFranco, MC Onion, the Rap Scallion, the Boulevard Thunder God, the Dime Store Crime Lord, the Archduke, the Peshmoth von Luft Balloons, known to the ladies as a pimp named Sugar Cookie. Sugar Cookie. Uh, yeah, with me as always is my co-host Silvery Plath, Woko Ono, Yoni Berra, Alicia Silverstone, and my Paloma man, Abdul. Paloma Abdul, and uh, also the man we can never do without, the Vice Count Dirty Finger. And I just wondered, okay, now most cookies have sugar in them. You know, without sugar, it would not be a very good cookie. We can just agree on that. So mm-hmm. like. When, when someone says sugar cookie, it basically is like the bottom cookie, you know? Like, because every other cookie would have some sugar Flavor. plus peanut butter. Flavoring. Plus yeah. some chocolate chips or whatever. But a sugar cookie seems like it's just like, we ain't got nothing. We got nothing. We got cookies and sweetness. Like, no, without I mean, sugar, it would be pretty, it, it has would be a cracker. Generally, but a, well, what is called a sugar cookie is covered in a little... Glistening white powder okay. of sugar. So you know I'm a pimp. Also, sugar cookie just sounds like a dope pimp name, bro. Yep. Can I not be acho? Yeah. You know what I discovered? This is good for Christmas. Huh. You can take candy canes and you smash them up into powder. You mix that into the cookie. All right. Look, if you want to be a pimp named Candy Cane, that is your business. But uh, yeah. Ooh, with, with, you want to know what I saw the with, other day? I got, elf, at a fucking, I, got, I got elf bitches. At an Asheville brewery. <laughs> I got out of the car the other day mm-hmm. and I walked by a brewery by accident and they had a sign outside that said whatever their stout was with a crushed candy cane mint flavored rim. Uh-huh. I would never. Ew. Never. No, now, yeah, not well, never. Like, not no way. Now, if you said peppermint stout, I'd be like, mm, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll drink one. I will know? not. Maybe I it's a I chocolate stout, but they didn't clarify. Well, you know what? What's that beer? And also, Ooh. gross as fuck, dude. There's not a stout in the world you want to have a mint rim no. with your stout. No, I don't care what flavor. One of those, it is. like, gross. One of those, AKA a pimp named shit. Also, beer is <laughs> a gross, pimp name. Like, I got very mad. Peppermint rim. A couple, like, 10 years ago when there was, like, I'm going to say apple teenies. I want to be like, make up your own fucking name. A martini's a martini. Call your drink something else. Just because it comes in a martini glass, don't make it a martini. That's not a martini. But if you had one of those kind of drinks and you put the peppermint around the top, you you know, I can see it. Gimmick. I don't know. Gimmick. I don't drink sweet Hashtag drinks, gimmick life. But if people like <laughs> sweet drinks, I could see the peppermint being like, no, I don't disgusting. like, I like that better than pumpkin. I, I yeah, don't like any spice. of that together. Like, just come on. Like, a pimp named Pumpkin Spice would be seasonal, but just tone way it down too popular. With now, holiday festivities. I plan on Christmas morning, I will make a hot chocolate and I might put a candy cane in it. You're allowed oh, to do dirt. that with a hot chocolate. I drank, Absolutely. Yes. I drank hot chocolate last that's night. I got to tell you, some of the best I ever had. Amazing. Yeah. No, amazing. that's appropriate. Cool. A candy cane and some hot chocolate, golden. On a rim of a stout beer, get over that's your a, fucking self. Much. 
That's a, it's I in the exact same neighborhood no. where they're literally putting a beer can motel room. What is that Hotel beer? room, is it, whatever they want to call is it. Is it Cold Mountain? Is that the mm-hmm. one here? The, the Asheville, the yeah. The Highland, the Highland Brewery that everyone for a while like, yeah, for, went I, I remember I had a friend working there a couple years ago, a roommate in 10 years. I don't know, a long time ago now. And he um told me about how you couldn't get this stuff. And I just, I don't buy it, so I don't know. And then I noticed that stores where there'd be like the display that was just ravaged and gone. So yeah. then he brought a bunch home one year. And I was like, I'm going to give it a try. That shit was good. I, like, I don't like spiced beer. I don't like flavored beer too much. I like beer, plain mm-hmm. beer. But like that, that one is fucking good. Just like I don't know if it's vanilla. I don't know what the fuck they're putting. No, in it's there. because Nicole Kidman blessed it. Huh. Oh, this was like her one of the Cold Troll. Mountain. Remember the movie Cold mm-hmm. Mountain? True. Uh, yeah. I think she's in it. I just totally... Renee Zellweger's in it. And she's okay, like that's what I meant. Renee both Zellweger. I think they're both in it. I could be you. wrong. Why doesn't Andy McDowell glad. bless it? Because she lives here. You think? You know I what? seen that bitch Weeks trying to dance with my four year old. Get out of here. Fourteen really? years ago. Oh man. At the on, Biltmore. On Groundhog's Day. It was I, very cute though. I saw her at the Earth Fair once. Yeah, you can't hate on her though. She's a beautiful lady. Yeah. She's classy. She's very tall. I right? can hate on beautiful women. Yeah. You can I hate on them? Why? I can. Not Andy McDowell. Not for that reason. No, Not she's for a that reason. Woman. But like she's I don't know. I heard she's rather curt. <laughs> no, she was not with my son. She was literally like doing the jitterbug with my kid at the Biltmore. No, that's adorable. like one of my one of my favorite like, things. Where like, yo, I saw this famous person. They acted this way in this one second that I interacted with them, or maybe saw from afar them interact with someone else. Like, guess what? I didn't do. I didn't video it, or make it viral, or make a fool of her. Well, maybe you know this show would be a little better off if you did. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, if you I could were be viral, the girl that had done maybe, the thingy. They're like, yo, that's the mm-hmm. Andy McDowell video chick who had like. On nobody, one time, nobody cares. Oh. <laughs> no. I can't imagine there's like a huge people care for crowd a minute. Of people out there that either like or dislike Andy McDowell. I, I think don't there's know. a I, lot of people out there that just I, like. I feel Silvery like Silver Plath could be trending at any moment. Yeah. You I know what I mean? That that's more effective than Andy McDowell. Uh, you know what? You know what? You want to talk about trending? Because I'm never down with a Groundhog Day, motherfuckers. No, nah, this is it. all right. We're gonna talk about trending. What was trending last week on Twitter? Was that Nancy Reagan is the throat goat? Hashtag throat goat. Motherfucker, you look like you and yeah. The gears are turning, aren't they? I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, I I I can see why. Uh, Apparently, uh, oh, you know who it was? It was uh, who's that dick bag? The Canadian dick bag? Who um, Drake? No, different guy. Uh, no, Ben Shapiro. Okay. Uh, so, Ben Shapiro has a sister who is apparently, you know, the Scarlet Witch to his Quicksilver. You know what I mean? Um, so, Abigail Shapiro apparently um, is an equal. You remember how, like, Ben Shapiro, we've talked about it on the show, about how he was like, oh, wet ass pussy, you have a fucking infection. You're gross. You know what I mean? But apparently, his sister, Abigail Shapiro, is trying to be the female Ben Shapiro and just be like, yo, this spouse, my right wing shit. And uh, I guess she tweeted a, a picture of Madonna. She's spreading. like, hashtag like a desert. Right. Mm-hmm. Hashtag, but she. Well, she <laughs> Like the deserts miss the rain. Hashtag dehydration, boom. Um, but yeah, no, she showed a picture. I don't know if it was from the Madonna sex book or something more there recent or whatever. There were recent ones where she's like under a bed with her legs spread really far. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Well, this why, one was... Why? What I saw was her... Wrong. It's cool. You're being artistic, but... 
no, it's just sing. Right, just but sing. We want to. We like your songs. They're well, you know, they're they're. they're I fun. like a couple of them. I like Most them better than the photos. She's a style biter. She's Madonna. I'm going out on limb here. Madonna is the ultimate style biter. There's nothing that she's credited with that she invented. She bit all that shit. Yeah. She popularized cutty shit that she found. Yeah, but and I some don't of it not even. Need to hate on Madonna. No, I'm not. And this like, is. I kind of think you know yeah. she did a lot. And this is not a story people. about hating yeah. on Madonna. I completely. No, I say musically, it, creatively, she was three years behind a lot of trends that she says she brought that you ask the people that invented them. We're like, well, we yeah. were doing that two years before. She came to the club one night. Now she's voguing. Yeah, she's exactly. Like, we don't even vogue no more. Right. Like, she, you but know, that was just and that's like, the thing. But that's not what this story is about. My point music, is this. My point is this. That, uh, that so, first album. I know. That first album is a complete ripoff of Cindy Lauper. But that's not what this story is about. What I'm trying to say is that uh, Abigail Shapiro trying to be the female Ben Shapiro, which is a sucky thing to aspire to in any gender. But um, she posted a 63-year-old Madonna in lingerie, spread eagle. I don't think she was under the bed than when I saw. I think she was on the bed. But either way. Um, and it was like, yo, Madonna at 63. And then posted a picture of Nancy Reagan at 63. And she had, like, her turtleneck and her shoulder pads. And it's like, okay, first of all, this is in the 80s. And also, you know, they can, they might be the same age, roughly, but one of them is definitely a senior citizen and like stop acting like because like you're a this person is a square that that's the model for what femininity should be or something and that was kind of the point of the tweet as i gather it i bet she was wearing a pearl necklace mm, i think you, i think you are am i right i think you're beating me to the punch here <laughs> oh, because so uh what then someone's reaction to it was and I don't remember who's somebody had written a Hollywood tell all back in the day and it revealed well we're gonna put that in air quotes revealed that supposedly in 1940s and 50s Hollywood Nancy Reagan was the BJQ as they say she was like the blowjob queen of the Hollywood yeah. backlot and that no that she was a passionate no, I remember when a book came out Bajowski. back in the 90s about it was like some no like old Hollywood stories that said that she had been cheating on him a bunch in the beginning of their relationship and that he had some secret wife on the side for a long time and that that almost kept him out of politics well also I think that what what they uh, are referring to is that in a certain era I think it's before she was married to Ronald Reagan, but that, like, she was a very joyous and passionate uh, Esser of the D, which, you know what? I, I smile. I'm like, yo, round of applause for that. That's that's fantastic. Um, but that, like, she was uh, for... Because, you know, she, too, was an actress on the level that Ronald Reagan was. At well, the time, like, people look... Like, not they, on the level. No, they, but they were both B-movie actors. No even. Knows. Even no, they weren't. They yes. were different. No, but okay, but what I'm saying is neither of them, like, even in his day as an actor, Ronald Reagan was considered a B-movie actor. He wasn't, like, you know, he wasn't the Denzel Washington of his day. He was he no Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, he wasn't Schwarzenegger. He, he wasn't was, Bradley Cooper. But he was a leading man. Like, the movie would be a Ronald Reagan movie. The same, and, and they were trying to make him Roy Rogers. And right. It didn't really work. It didn't work. But he did have an ass load of movies. And what made him big is at the peak of his career, he fucking turned in everybody he didn't like as communist. Yeah, he was, he was, and, he was part of the Red Scare. He's a McCarthy of that, 
you know, because of that, he got a lot more roles because he was one of the few left at right. the end. But then he somehow That's used that right. to became the president of the Actors, Actors U- Union, Union yeah. and, and then he used that to become governor. Like, he, right. he used that of to get California into politics. and enacted. But he's basically a snitching-ass narc that turned in a bunch of people that weren't actually communists no, that I, were his rivals. Wait no, a minute. Are you saying that some politicians are assholes? What? Um, this is before he was um, a politician. He was an he was yeah, already no, an no, no. He was already. He's, he was first of all. I don't think they become assholes once they're politicians. No. I think that it sets the stage for exactly a, where they get in. Like right, assholes become politicians. <laughs> but no, so Ronald Reagan was definitely anti-union. He was a union buster. He was a snitcher. He was all these things. But anyway, yeah, but he was getting his dick sucked really well, evidently. So you know, or his friends were no, and and lots of people. Okay, no, so this was the thing. According to the you book, you guys are such slut shamers. You're undercover no, we slut actually, shamers. No, we actually are quite the opposite. No, and I don't think anything's reason, wrong with it. No, the reason this is the reason this is humorous to me is because Nancy Reagan, in particular, more than Ron, is uh, one of the people that did the most shaming during the fucking AIDS epidemic, and that they ignored or castigated people for having AIDS and did nothing to try to educate the people during the whole early days of the AIDS epidemic. They didn't even acknowledge it until like 1987, which is like no, a year before they're out of office. Until it hit straight people through blood transfusions, mm-hmm. then they acted like it was a real thing. And also like Nancy Reagan is on some, you know. Just say blow. Just like the whole um, perspective of uh, like just say no to drugs and act like what like that that's not amoral like that fucking ronald reagan wasn't participating in having the cocaine here that was fucking turning into crack and like the whole thing like it's not a conspiracy theory thing like people are like oh the cia invented crack no the cia flooded american now, i'll say cities he- with cocaine and crack happened but it's like it's like saying like oh that person exploded a bomb or lit a bomb it's like no, the person poured gasoline all over your house. Well, I think some presidents might go out of their way to understand what's going on, and I don't think Ronald Reagan was one of them. When you listen to any, like watching the Iran-Contra tapes again, or any of that shit from back then, like he's like, we definitely did, did not sell any weapons to Iran. Mm-hmm. Two days later, okay. So apparently the facts say we did, but in my heart, in my heart, I don't I still, think we did. Yeah. And like three or four times, something would happen, and he'd be like, yeah, that didn't happen, and he'd be like, okay, wait. Okay, that did. He, I don't think he knew shit. I think honestly, he was one of like the first attempts. Like I think Nixon had too much power, and the GOP puppet masters didn't want to have that ever happen again. So they found somebody that they either like that they could fully control, and he just sat there and fucking. He was the Ronald McDonald president. Of Would the you feel that it's fair to put that same blueprint over every politician that's ever been president? No. forever. No, I think a lot no, of them know. You don't think there's a system behind these people that? I think that there's a system, but I don't think that the puppet masters have full control, and that every now and you then, really don't. They can lose some control, and then maybe that president gets shot in the head. I think every now and then the puppet masters. If only think if they, they were elected control. in a zero year. Oh, yeah, we did go over that. I'm just kidding. But what I will say is this. Like, I understand what you're saying from the slut-shaming aspect. What I'm saying is that Nancy Reagan is kind of one of the ultimate top-level slut-shamers. And the fact that, like, she would be used by someone like Abigail Shapiro to be like, Look at Madonna. She's a horror. They're real role model of femininity is Nancy Reagan. Is it's that like, your yeah, rendition like of Nancy Reagan? No, that's my, that that's Shapiro. Abigail Shapiro. 
Either way. I was, I ass, way. I've never heard her, but I assume it's spot on. I think it's more I like. I assume that I it's, think it's spot more on. like. Here's Madonna. Here's Victor Nancy Reagan. That's what I think. Either way, though. When like, I think of a Canadian Jewish lady, that's but, the accent I'm going to But go when with. I think of someone who has shamed people for their sexual proclivities, and then you supposedly have been doing these things that would have been the shameful sexual proclivities of the day, it's just like, yo, was, like if you if you weren't out there doing that, and you know, like literally people were dying, they could have used in that there help. Doing that. I mean, I don't think you're out now, there. Did you hear you the, know what I mean? Like, not- <laughs> have you heard the other, the other goat reference? From this week, I do. I, I do just want to say, like, Who's throat goat, goat is pretty. It's throat goat is pretty. Amazing. All right. But apparently, Who's the um, goat hold on. Let's Let's move move on. on. Well, apparently, there's this movie that's being filmed right now. Okay, or a, a movie that came out on HBO called um, "Don't Look Up." Mm-hmm. Leonard DiCaprio, um, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> did you just say Leonard? Of, How did. fucking American are you? I don't watch Leonard. He was. I like will Le- not refer to him by his ethnic name. Leonard Part Six DiCaprio. <laughs> I believe he and is then, uh, known Os- Oscar winner Leonard. In part this country, six. we call you Leonard, motherfucker. <laughs> Jonah Hill and Meryl Streep are in. This, they're all in this movie, and so okay. it's while they're, Hill. While they're filming it, Meryl Meryl Streep, every they're all calling her goat. The entire time. So one day she's in the makeup room with Jennifer Lawrence, and they're sitting there, and she says something about like, "Well, you know, you're the goat." She's like, "Yeah, yeah, tell the old goat where to go." He's like, "You don't know what it means, do you?" She's like, "Yeah, you guys been calling me old goat since I got here." Okay, like, boomer. And she's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Uh, Meryl, you know that means the greatest of all time, right?" That's when they say goat, they're calling you the greatest, the greatest of all actress time. of all yeah. time. You're better than them at what they do for a living, is what they're saying. And, and also, like, and also, oh. she is. Also, oh, she is greatest absolutely. living actress. She had no idea that that's what that meant. Like, I think that for some reason that was hilarious to me. I love those moments. She's on a movie, I love that too. She's on a movie and thinking all so these little, little assholes are calling her names. It's so real. She's like, we all have Hill. imposter syndrome, even Meryl Streep. You yeah. know what I mean? She's yeah. in that moment, like, oh my God, I'm just a wash up, has been nothing. They're her, calling me a goat. Her daughter was in Mr. Robot, and she's fucking good too. And you would think her me. daughter would have to be good. Like you couldn't go out there and suck as, as a, you know Meryl Streep's daughter. People or would she's be like, grounded. No, Meryl Streep fucks me. Up. I'm not gonna lie. Like as an actress, if we may uh, go back to our you know screenplays, movies, uh, <laughs> podcasts that we do sometimes, Meryl Streep, I think, possibly is the greatest living actor right now. Like I'm, I'm going look top three. I'm going Meryl Streep, Giancarlo Esposito, John Turturro. Didn't, wow. didn't, didn't really? I, I fucking hope not. No, I Sorry. do not believe that he okay, did. No, I would know. I would know. Very inappropriate. Also, That's so sad. Runner up, number a- four, Morris Day. Morris Day. I've never seen him in anything other than Purple Rain, but he was amazing. He was amazing. So and my top videos. four. Absolutely. I mean, he was acting in those. It's a character that he's playing. Yeah. So I'm going Meryl Streep, Giancarlo Esposito, John Turturro. Although it's a foot race between Meryl Streep and Giancarlo, our foot race to me, but I'm saying it is a very solid argument to say that she is the greatest living actor. Cumberbatch is real good. He's good, but you don't put him in that he's category. He's not in the top. No, but he's ten. He's, he's pretty good. I'm just saying. He's all right. And I've seen him in a lot of stuff. You know, he he has range. It's hard because he looks a certain way, so you don't see it as much in in him. But he, he he's got range. He's got range. But... He does. I but mean... I also love the fuck out of Sherlock. I was really happy about that show when it happened. And that's what I that's kind of what brought him to the. He's all right. All right. So wait, who are you putting in your top three? You it's got a top you're related, three. Related, right? Cumberbatch. Yeah. No. Adam Strange, Doctor Strange. That's uh, not escaped me. It's not escaped me. 
you know yeah. what? It it's did. called fucking nepotism, now, I bro. I will say, oh, that, was a, that was a great casting. Strange he's, family. He's an awesome Doctor Strange. He yeah. is actually a good Doctor Strange. Gotta, You're better. I, I, You're I, better. I got to see the Spider-Man movie. It's out, um, and I don't go to the movies. I don't know. They're not going to bootleg it. Them motherfuckers hold on, are gonna Silvery be Plath, top locking. three. Give me, give me a top three. Are you agreeing with uh, Meryl Streep? I love Meryl Streep, yes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's like that level of respect for a generation that started before me because my mom introduced me to Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. so I will have yeah. the utmost respect. Um, an actress that I absolutely adore because when I was a very young girl, I used to watch, and I'm going to say it, don't snicker, period pieces. Yep. I know, you can't help mm. it. And Helena Bonham Carter was in all of these period pieces I'm before she ever met yeah. Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. And so I was already in love with her, and I would watch like Lady Jane in a room with a view, and I was into all those when I was so young. And then all of a sudden, as I grew up, Rick, she's she all fancy hit stuff. Fight Club. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she just transitioned in my <laughs> mind, and then she went on to do all the things that she's done and marry Tim Burton. So to me, like Helena Bonham Carter just... She just really holds right, and, a sacred space in my and heart. And Fight Club like, is before the Tim Burton shit, isn't it? Yeah. Or it's her, before or her, the Tim Burton And her shit. participation yeah. in Tim Yes, Burton. and it's after my, like, Lady Jane, Room with a View. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple others. No, those I are mean, chapters. Like the, you the, know, those, those are strong were chapters. Those so phenomenal. Merchant Ivory films, they're called. So wait, is she... <laughs> if you ever want to get into some is really, Is Helen like, Bottom weird... Carter your, your top? That's she's, your number one? She's... Yeah, I think she's just... I don't know. I got a thing for her. I got a thing for her. Um, Benicio Del Toro, I think, is... Yeah. You got like, a solid list going so on right now, dude. Oh, I just love him so very much. He's, like, one of my biggest crushes in the world. Who can blame you? Who um, can blame you? No, I, I adore him. I think that he has range. His, I think no, that him, he really, like, whatever he does, it's so specific to a character. And I'm not in, uh, looking at him as an fe- actor. I'm fear and loathing. His character. Like, like 50 pounds heavier than he ever is. And, you know, that book was, that was one of my, like, when I was, like, homeless when I was 18 I read that book and I just oh yeah I had visions of what that should look like and when uh they made the movie I was ready to just like nah nothing's ever gonna live up bodies this shit and when he would hit the line like as your attorney I advise you to drink more tequila and he would just preface like every line like that character was my favorite I mean his character he'll flip you for real he'll flip you for real and uh, he's got all the best traffic. I mean, just really like I've never fallen in love with a man on a screen like I did in the last fucking scene of traffic where you just watch all the shit unfold. And in the very last scene, he's sitting on the bleachers in the Little League game in Mexico mm. and he used the money that he trafficked through all the shit that went down. And he's just sitting there. But you just feel this like very clear moment of just like a man and an appreciation for something i just oh I, all right so then who's your number oh, three you God, got Helen wet Carter. as fuck <laughs> you know you know don't let abigail shapiro hear you say that bro like, thing. and number you three, might have an infection you have a del toro infection <laughs> i wish i wish i have benicio factacata there's no cure for this <laughs> um number three I don't know, then I feel like because you had your whole thing that I have, like, how could I not put her in the top three? Uh, do, Meryl? I, but I you don't do, have to. I do want to say, though, like, Angelica Houston. I really? just adore her. Like, anything she does, it just has this, like, resonance. I mean, I think she was soul, tremendous like, in Adam's family, but, like, what else are you going for on that one? You really? 
she was definitely in the Perez family, which I find to be one of the most offensive things ever. But it's like the Perez family starring Angelica Houston. Uh, what she married? Joe, hold on, Joe Montana and fucking Robert Loja. <laughs> like, yo, how do you have a movie named the Perez family and that one of the three leading actors is Latino at all? <laughs> All right, but that that's it, a long two road and to I don't go know, down. I don't I mean, know what. And then we what, could just like really. I just watched Easy Rider the other night. Again, yes. So good. All right, so who's your number three? Because I gotta ask Adam Strange. No, I have. You, I get my. That's it. Angelica Houston's your number three. I said Meryl Streep. It doesn't have to be Meryl Streep. Just because after your. Uh, I don't know. I just I'm big your like monologue, dude. I mean Marvin's room. Psh, psh. Angels in America, fucking. There's just, oh there's man. So many that I love. She though. played. Did you notice in in Angels in America, Meryl Streep played a fucking, uh, an aged like decrepit, uh, oh, rabbi. Fucking, I'm sorry, but Charlize Theron in Monster. Yes. Forever 100%. and ever, and also no, in a Charlize lot of Theron stuff. in Cider House. No, oh, Charlize Theron in fucking Fury Road, dude. I was gonna say that's the thing about her is you can just list about twenty movies that Charlize are Theron incredibly different third. characters. Honestly, Yo, yeah, she's the fucking Fast and Furious. Like, I adore it's, her. it's a stupid role, but she was different than her other roles. Wait, she was, dude, which, her, which chapter she, of Fast and Furious? Her she naked some, seven her, or eight. It's somewhere near the end where she's the bad this guy. This motherfucker on, loves. But you know, my biggest crush is Gal Gadot, also Fast and Furious. She's actually. What chapter was she in? I watched like the first six of them. The last one, the new. I haven't seen the newest one. Nine, I think, is the newest one. No, she's in the old one. But Charlize Theron. Gal Gadot was not in any of the old ones. I'm gonna show you, but Charlize Theron in that moment inside her house rules, Mm -hmm. where she's laying in the bed. You cannot. There is not a more gorgeous moment. It is so, just. Well, Devil's Advocate, where she just. (sighs) throws her outfit off and she's just standing there buck naked and you're like I didn't expect to see you buck naked but you were just raped by the devil so I can't em- you enjoy so you being buck naked what the fuck thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. It's, a position. it's tortured speaking of Lisa Bonet in, oh uh, god Angel Heart oh, Angel Heart oh, oh my god see, that's, that's a slept on movie now dude. I'm telling dude, you that movie <laughs> she, she got ki- yo she got kicked off the fucking Cosby show cause of that well, that's the thing is there's, there's too many I have too many people I like acting to pick three that are the top and then there's ones like Marissa Tomei fucking love Marissa Tomei <laughs> great actress she has a great range but mm-hmm. she's not in that many movies not many that I watch she doesn't have to do anything outside of My Cousin Vinny like Even recently she, yo she was on A Different World and uh, she crushed on that um I thought I'd, I wouldn't when I first heard she was going to be Aunt May in the Spider-Man movies. I was like, "What? I How the fuck is that going to work?" Down with that. And then I, no, I, Civil War. She was great. It made sense. Like they, like when you see the two of them living in that apartment, you're like, "It makes sense." They were just younger. I then. haven't seen it. You know, like maybe her brother or sister had a kid young when she was still. I don't know. You know? Yeah, no, it's it's a totally plausible thing. It's like the same way when everybody got like so mad that fucking Johnny Storm in Fantastic Four was played by Michael B. Jordan of all people. I'm yeah. like, first of all, when are you ever mad that fucking Michael B. Jordan plays a role? Number two, like, just because Johnny Storm is black, like, as if any of y'all gave a fuck uh, about the Fantastic Four at all. None of us did. I didn't give a fuck about the Fantastic Four. I like the character, the thing, and they're definitely important Marvel characters, but like, nobody Wait, gives a Marisa shit. did you see though? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I was saying. Because the wrestler, dude, the wrestler. Remember when she was in the wrestler? Yeah. My cousin Vinny, fucking. But the wrestler killed. I mean, Aunt May all day. Yo, I mean, before I the just, devil you know. knows you're dead. This shit's fantastic. Now I like um, um, Rami Malek. 
I think he's a really good actor for being wait, a young dude. Is wait, who is that? He was Mr. Robot, but he was then um, uh, in that he, he plays he was Freddie Mercury schizo- too, yeah, right? But yeah. He plays a crazy schizophrenic character in Mr. Robot, so he's not yeah, just playing one character. He's playing like. A, then there's Tatiana Maslany. You seen? You know who she is? This motherfucker is trying to be super cutting. No, she's, no, she's going to be She-Hulk in the in the oh. upcoming show. But she was in this show called Orphan Black, where she played like six to eight characters, because it's like a cloning it shows all about yeah, clones. But yeah. like, holy fuck! Like they are inc- you, some of them you don't even recognize as the same actress while you're watching them talk to each other. Like she's just good. Fast and Furious. Two thousand nine, Gal Gadot before the Wonder Woman. Which one is one of the feds? I think she's one of the feds. Uh, It's probably like part four or five because you're right. It's definitely one of the ones I see. Is she the? Is she banging the um, Asian dude? Two thousand nine, and then they die. Because I remember somebody was banging the Asian dude, and I thought that then the Asian dude dies, but then he comes back. Dude, it's not about being a great actress, but it's about being. Come on. She's also serious? not a bad actress. No, she's, no, very, she's very a great hot. actress. Absolutely. I would never say, I mean, I'm right, not just the hot chicks. I'm right. just saying. But you're saying she's me. she's not a Meryl Streep, hey, but you're into it. I fully enjoyed Wonder Woman 2, even though it's got the dumbest fucking plot. You just gaze upon her so many and you're holes. like, how does a human look like you? I don't know. She's so a, beautiful to me. She's an Amazon goddess. I mean, that's why she got yeah. all that training has, on Themyscira. Yeah. Themys- Themyscira? I can't say it. Sound like mascara with a them. Yeah. Femme, femme. Takes one to know one. Yeah, I'll say. Oh, my God. She just burned you, dog. <laughs> I met an Amazonian goddess, but I hope everyone else got <clears throat> No, I'm with it. I'm with it. Fucking, uh, all right. We've all listed our favorite fucking actors. Wait, that's your top three? I don't know. That's Who was that I, last one? I didn't have a last one, really. I didn't have a friend. Because Marissa Tomei, like I said, she confuses my list because there's a ton like her that... There's no one like Marissa Tomei. Actors that I treasure, but they're not in a lot of stuff, so I don't really count them. See, that shit doesn't... I don't care. Like, to me, it's like, what's your high watermarks? You know what I mean? Do you consider Pacino a good actor? I think that Pacino was uh, one of the heavyweight champions of his era, but that era ended legitimately the very last role where, like, not to say it's the last role he ever did well in, but, like, the fir- the last movie where he was the star and it was about him and it was the shit is Carlito's wife, yeah. 1993. Now, Angels in America, which also was what I brought up when talking about Meryl Streep. Never uh, My God, watch it. It's actually a play. That yeah, got made yeah, into a two-part HBO, John, but it's like six hours, and it's uh, two three-hour yeah. chapters. You know what I mean? And it's about um, kind of the effects, the effects of the like Republican outlook on the AIDS epidemic. Which yeah. so this also goes back yeah. to the throat goat. You know what I mean? Um, but it's like about gay people, Republicans, and AIDS in the '80s, and that's a glib oversimplification, but. Uh, it is so it's but it's also like um what do you call it like uh, historic reality or uh, um historical fiction yep. you know what i mean so uh al pacino plays uh roy Cohn. no in because you know roy Cohn died of aids yep. and he was and for anybody listening that doesn't know like roy Cohn was and it's actually goddamn this conversation ties everything back together we're just talking about fucking uh the red scare and the mccarthy hearings right and how ronald reagan played his role well roy Cohn was the actual attorney who did the prosecuting 
for Joe McCarthy uh, and was the one that went in and really like gave lashes to everyone that they brought in. Like, are you now or have you ever been a communist? You know what I mean? And I believe, you know, the famous quote uh, where the senator was like, uh, at long last, have you no, um, have you no dignity, yeah. sir? Whatever the fuck that quote is. Um, or no, have you no shame? He was like, yeah, at long last, have you no shame, sir? And that's what the senator finally, I think it was Joe McCarthy, or excuse Roy me, Ray, Roy Cohn, who he was talking to during that whole thing. I thought and, it was and, Nancy Reagan. And, not the throat goes, she but she was trust. I mean, she was she a part have of it. no shame? She was diamond in the back, yes, sunroof front. Um, but no, so that's you know that's how far deep in the game Roy Cohn goes, and he was part of the whole Red Scare, the anti-communist movement. He later became you know an attorney for not only the mafia, but he is considered uh, Donald Trump's mentor, and the whole way that. Um, you know, Donald Trump approaches every scandal by like, no, never apologize, just double down. That all comes from Roy Cohn. And Roy Cohn was real heavy in the Republican anti-gay movement of like the 70s and 80s. But on the low, he had been, and it was more or less an open secret, but just nobody wanted to give Roy Cohn that smoke and see what happens. But he was, you know, doing tons of coke and lots of gay stuff um on fire island and like just all kinds of shit there's all kinds of documentaries about it um but that being the context of that's so in real life roy Cohn does acquire aids and he dies that way and uh all of his you know kind of right-wing friends abandon him and so uh the character that al pacino plays in angels in america is uh, post going full blown Roy Cohn AIDS in and also okay so this is actually another kind of funny thing you know who the fucking um, the uh, the two the Jewish couple the Rosenbergs who yeah. got who got prosecuted in the fifties uh, they got executed both a husband and wife who got executed for being spies for the Soviet Union in the fifties Roy Cohn also prosecuted and pushed for their execution yeah. and uh it's also the fucking Rosen them on the low yeah the well no the Rosenbergs no, just the dude uh yeah but so but in and, and, and what it seems is that and I don't think anybody really knows for sure but that um the husband probably was a spy but Ethel his wife was probably not but knew yeah. it was happening but Roy Cohn not only prosecuted the two of them he pushed for the death penalty and so Pacino in Angels in America plays deathbed full-blown AIDS Roy Cohn who's like having hallucinations yeah. where Meryl Streep how it ties back together again plays the ghost of Ethel Rosenberg and it's a whole, yeah, she does. It's a whole series of conversations about like how she's visiting him on his deathbed. Like, oh yeah, how do you like your deathbed? You know what mine was? Is where you put me on death row. Well, let's go. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it's just fantastic. So it's funny that you should be like, is Pacino a great actor? I think he was in his day. I think his era ends at Carlito's way. I don't think. I think great acting is timeless. Right, you know, yes. the, the Also, roles. have you seen the rendition of him in the Charlie Brown special? Phenomenal. <laughs> what? 
Oh, we gotta get that. But anyway, just to put a, a point on that long ass pencil was just to say that, yeah, I think that the Pacino era ends in '93, yeah. Carlito's way. But the role that he played in Angels in America and that Meryl Streep played in Angels in America. Hoo <laughs> Just, just phenomenal. No, that's like um, also. The uh, good reference because that's Pacino's like first like oh it's over You're driving you jump the shark the ground, my friend yeah like it's uh, and the whole just <laughs> it's it's a uh, scent of a woman that's that's where who indeed it is it is think of him freaking out that's you know like no just, that was his whole thing from then on it's like I can do Italian and I can do an Italian freaking out yeah that's all I got it I become really like, did like I did a Puerto Rican once I become the guy that's not shouting I, for no reason. Like a judge, I know in fucking kind of fucking. He and definitely, sucking. yeah, he took it to that level where you just watched it shift into something else, and you're like, no. Well, because you remember, like early Pacino, that was other thing, like Dog Day Afternoon era, Godfather era, um, was was not this voice Pacino. It was like it was this voice Pacino. Like even Michael Corleone was like, I don't know. Uh, I know it was you, Fredo. You know what I mean? Or like Dog Day Afternoon, oh Pacino. God, I know, but I it's, still love it. No, that's that's my thing. Is <laughs> that's the better like it. when he had that broad range? That was my shit. Uh, like Son of a Woman was like the the demise. No, it was it. It was where the the but stake we've had some went good in. Comebacks and so I, you know. No, look, I'm not saying, but he doesn't have to make a comeback. This is the thing. This is not me hating on Pacino because the body of work. From the seventies up till like, because even um, De Niro's the same thing. They had that same time run where like, which one is the greatest actor on earth? And like, I think that those were legitimate opinions, and both of them kind of jumped the shark right around ninety three. And like, with Pacino, I think that his last truly great, you know, movie that he was the leading man in is Carlito's way. And then he does other great roles, but he's not carrying a film. And that's why I brought up Angels in America. Um, When you say jump the shark, is that because they're like cooler than someone that jumps the ship? No, No, that's, do you know where that comes from? There was a Happy Days episode where Fonzie, Fonzie, they basically, when the ratings were dying on the show, they had to do something crazy to get people to watch again. So there was an episode where it ended with Fonzie water skiing over a water full of sharks yeah. and he like and jumping jumps, a shark and he like jumped yeah. the sharks he like oh so Fonzie actually jumped sharks on it and they were like stay tuned next week to see if he lives yeah, no, no, like, well he, of course while he he's in the he's air your most popular character Whoa, to, be like, to be continued yeah, the more you know yeah. Yeah. I did the not know this I, know. I really did and I was like yeah well not only that but also an extra tidbit for that is because the time that it worked there was an episode of Happy Days a couple of years before this where Fonzie, and this actually makes sense, Fonzie, being the motorcycle yeah. guy, jumps like 12 school, school buses. buses. And in the air, they're like, to be continued, will Fonzie die? No. no. Oh. Will Fonzie die by not being evil Knievel? You know what I mean? And then, of course, the next season starts. It's the cliffhanger. The next season starts, and it opens with Fonzie landing this jump over 12 oh. school buses. Don't you, like, kind of miss the to be continued in the next season well, instead of the binge watching see, until your eyes are falling see, out of your head I version? was watching a lot of those shows as reruns. So there was no guarantee that the next episode was the next episode. Oh, yeah. They were just out of order. Or that there would be one. Yeah. 
but they just put them in whatever order they wanted. It was kind of an call. expression because it worked the first time. Time when isn't Fonzie, real, everyone. When Fonzie jumps the school buses, it makes even though it's it's a goofy thing to do, but at least it makes or like it's it makes pretty sense. badass, bro. Like relax, it, it was, it's right, not it, that good. But it's to save, but Arnold. it makes it's but it, kind of amazing, right? It's to save Arnold's uh, whole thing where he's which fucking, makes it literally the opposite of goofy. Which is like, funny that like you know, okay, fucking it starts badass. off with Arnold, right, and then Arnold. Or is it Mr. Miyagi first? Or is Arnold first, then he dies, and then Mr. Miyagi comes in and takes over Arnold's? I think. And in, then Fonzie buys half of, half of Arnold's. I think Pat Morita so, replaces original Arnold's. It turns out that Fonzie just has been saving his money his whole life, so he's got all this money. And so he just buys Arnold's. And then he actually, remember, it was like a joke that his office yeah. is in the bathroom, but then he actually puts a desk in the toilet stall. Yeah, well, So Fonzie's in there doing his business while people are Fonzie's pooping. been freeloading off motherfuckers Oh, my for God. Years. And he's like, where's my stapler? He just, he just has to punch the wall and it falls out of the sky. No, it's all he does. But of course, like let's not uh, you know marvel at Fonzie's business model. Like, how did he get the money to invest in Arnold's? Because it's like, dude, you've been living above the garage in the Cunningham's family home. I literally and pictured then, Arnold from like Doctor Drummond, Mister Drummond. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. Not. I went. Not that so all. wayward. In Not my Arnold Drummer. I'm I'm well aware now that it's with the jukebox and the burgers. And yes. Things. Yeah, I got it. I'm I'm back with you. Step into my office. No, very cool and it's jackets. the men's room. Very cool jackets. A lot of polished satin in there. That's yes. just what I'm saying. I'm like, back. yo, for the next gift giving holiday. Just saying, I need a polished satin jacket. Oh, because there's uh, one coming up, so you're trying to drop hints. Um, Too late, my friend. I know. I know. I said for the next one. For the next one. Um, but anyway. The point being, the first time uh, Fonzie jumped the school buses, it was like, okay, you get why he would jump the school buses. But then a few years later, you know, they needed to kind of try to save the show. And uh, they were like, yo, we've already done the school buses thing. We'll have Fonzie on water skis jump over on a ramp a great white shark to see if he could do it and then we'll stop it to be continued for a cliffhanger for the next season and they never came back no they did and he oh. he landed it but this was the point then why do you call it jumping the shark when you're talking about other famous people well because here's the end of the story is that everybody knew like when they when when Fonzie water skied over the or when he rolled the motorcycle over the school buses, they're like, yo, that makes sense. That was rad, and everybody watched and whatever. But it was the end when, of Happy Days. When, exactly. When he level. went over the water skis, and you're like, yo, really? We're it doing this? It was a surface like, jump, but a deep meaning. It was a deep cut. <laughs> exactly. So the point being that the way that Jump the Shark becomes slang for that's when you knew it was really over. You know what I mean? Is that like, yo, when Fonzie jumped the shark, everything changed. Like, this was not yeah. a good showing. They were trying Everybody to Everybody has that moment in their lives. Also, I feel like I'm reading Urban Dictionary live. I am in I am in. <laughs> like, I had never heard this Now, you at know, all. I wonder, and there has to be some TV movies, but you know, somewhere like 15 years later, they were like, somebody, these actors are all still alive. Let's do Happy Days in the 80s. You know, let's just what try. What happened we'll to them? You know? Where is uh? Oh, Chachi is a, a super MAGA guy. Yeah, I know Chachi's Republican. I mean, I mean now. I meant like you know, like twenty back in the eighties. He probably was then too. But actually, he no. Joni and Chachi had their too. own show for a minute. Joni and Ch Ron Howard is no joke. No? That, he was like a 
I think he was a radio DJ when I was a kid in Philadelphia. I'm pretty well, I mean, sure he remember like Opie? voiced my morning show on the train. No. Well, yeah, Ron Howard. Yeah, he did. Really? Because I mean, no, maybe it was a different I was guy. Because the peak of his, you know, he had just finished Happy Days at that point, so that was when he Who was. Who was like, the other little wow. redheaded kid though? Was there another one? Mm. Another ginger? Seth Green. Damn, that's it new. wasn't Seth Green. No, that's a new thing. I don't know. No, from there back was then. some guy. I don't know. He vo- was it. Don't yell from the bathroom. That's inappropriate on a fucking radio yeah. podcast. Gross. Nobody wants to hear that. Well, I got a topic we can switch to real quick, and he can come back for it. I have been reading all about Louisiana, Lafayette County, or they don't have counties there. It's um, what is parishes. It? Yeah, Lafayette. Well, in Lafayette, Louisiana, the city court judge Michelle Odinet. Okay, she's a judge. She hasn't been elected. It wasn't that long ago. She where she lives, Lafayette, is thirty percent black. Yes. Okay. She's, I used to live there. She's, she's rich. She got a big old house. Yeah. So. There apparently have been some car thefts in her neighborhood. So she set up a bunch of cameras, and then she's been putting, leaving her car unlocked, putting a 20 on the dashboard. As bait? And just watching. Just watching. (laughs) Her husband will hang out in the bushes with a gun and a stick. And they eventually caught, they caught a guy. And when they got the guy, they filmed the entire encounter, catching him. And then later, were inside her house after they called the police, and the police came and got the guy. Her husband held him down the entire time. Now, later that night, they're in their house watching the video. Mm-hmm. And while they're watching the video, her voice is heard yelling. There's a, somebody filmed them watching the video. Mm-hmm. Off screen, it's her voice saying, Oh, this is going to be the N-word. We got us an N-word. Look, mm-hmm. it's an N-word. We got one, like a roach. <sighs> no. Then, so that video gets online. Everybody in her parish says, get the fuck out of office, you dumbass. It's over for you. Your job is done. Now resign. The governor says, you're going to have to go ahead and resign. She's like, no, 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 no. I had taken a sleeping pill that night, and so I don't even remember watching that video or saying those words. Oh and I'm like, God. you can't say I was high. That's not an excuse. A regular person knows. You can't go to your wife and be like, I'm sorry, I fucked your sister, honey. I was high. I don't remember fucking your sister. That doesn't work. I you believe it. No, I believe it yeah, does. What do you mean? I was high on drugs is not an excuse. And, 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 I was going to call it the Mel Gibson defense. As drug users, we know I was high on drugs is not an excuse. Nope. When you're a it judge. It worked for my ex. It now, worked if you're, for my ex. If you're, but only when they turned only her to testify Only with you because you're dumb. <laughs> I, I'm not dumb. She was the one that snitched. You were like, the I'm one not, that fell for it. I didn't fall for anything. I mean, I... But I did she, fight some cops for her, but her um, son was on some some track team at a local college or whatever college, and he got kicked off of his track team Damn. because, because, because his mom she said, said the n word. Yeah, because he was in the house laughing along with it. Okay, oh, that's what I was about to say. Like he didn't say it. You but cannot he was there. be linked in with the shit of your parents unless you have two choices when you grow up. This is what I always tell my kids. I'm like, you can grow up in a house with someone that's a hardcore alcoholic. And you could grow up to be like, fuck that. Easy. I'm going to be a straight edge, anti this, should I hate it? Or you're going to fall in line with whatever you were saw and you were imprinted with, and that's what you're going to do. Or you could be a chill-ass motherfucker. That's what I'm saying. Like, being anti it is also, you know. Or you could be like, either way, both of our choices. Then then there's, you got to think about the, like, the five to ten thousand people in Lafayette jail right now. They're but like, if you're sitting there and, oh, wait, what? and what endorsing your mother's racist bullshit yeah. fucking attitude, Absolutely. then yeah. fuck you. Yeah. Like then that's Absolutely. the choice that you made, bro. And I you're told done. you about my cousin. He called a Nintendo baseball character the N word, and I was like ten, and I was like, that's not cool. I think it relates. 
Yeah. It's told a non, him. It's a non sequitur to this show, but I told you earlier, it's real talk. It's accurate. Real talk. But she still hasn't quit. She still has that job. And wait, what's her what's her official position? I mean, more the judge, the city judge. More relevant is that yeah. she hasn't been fired, fined, jailed, or anything else that she should be the minute she uses well, the fucking word. Like, let's. I mean, I'm all there's for like fucking, some kind of ethics panel that'll take them two or three weeks to get her oh for for the state to get rid of her. It's a joke. Yeah, I don't know that Louisiana is really very enthusiastic. I don't know about that American politics has is, ethics committees because we lack ethics it's not, in general. If, if you had a case in front of her for the last two years, though, and you're not a white person, then you might not have charges anymore. You can definitely get that mm, fucking shit reopened. And that's, they said that, Absolutely. That's, that's why the governor's upset. Cause you know knows. what? It's honestly like you really just want to thank her because if you were that fucking piece of shit before, thank you for letting the world, world know, know because let's thing. let these people have their fair share. Their day love, in court. Like, let's let's hope so, but I just I don't have a ton of faith. It's kind of yeah, the, Ro- the Roseanne laugh. defense is just hilarious to me, though. The whole like, you know, like I was I took Ambien. I took a muscle relaxer and it just made me so racist. I'm right, not normally no, racist, I mean, but that muscle relaxer and that's boy what it I mean really just did something to my brain. About like the Mel Gibson defense is that we do you recall like I was one of drunk our, when that cop put me over. One of our first seasons on the air, because we've been we were a radio show in 09, so that's like one of the really early episodes of this show was when Mel Gibson got in sugar trouble tits. for saying sugar tits and all the anti-Semitic shit. And then that led to his ex-wife releasing the recorded videos of him dropping N-bombs and talking. And not just saying the N-word, but like, but also attaching that to really rapey hyper stereotypical over sexualized you know a lot of shit it was like a lot it went down many chapters to many levels and um his defense was essentially that like oh i was drunk and like you know we all said at the time as we all know now it's like those kind of thoughts like alcohol and or ambient or whatever doesn't create new thoughts in your brain it merely you know uh, let's lets down your inhibitions to say what goes down in your head you know what i mean it doesn't create those thoughts that's intimate partner violence education 101 you know what i mean when you deal with a woman that's experiencing intimate partner violence and they're like he would never do this except when he's drunk. Right. And they have this idea in their mind that somehow the alcohol transforms Creates. this person into a completely different person who would then do something that he would never do if he wasn't under the influence. And trying to explain that concept yeah. of like this already exists in a person. They don't like intake some substance that causes this thing. Right. It doesn't create it. It lets down the security wall. It, it releases the firewall. For his already pre-existing instincts. And likely from trauma, you know, for him, you know, I'm just going to that. Right, no. It's likely his own traumatic response. Like, I'm not, you know, it's complex, but. It all, yes, It's not just induced by alcohol alone. Like, him quitting drinking won't take away the trauma that caused him to become this person. And also that it's not spontaneously created in the moment by alcohol or really very few drugs other than well, like the n-word out. isn't in the ambient right it's in your brain you know yeah but also you're a brainwashed american that's been like somehow spoon-fed that through propaganda your whole 100%. life so you know there's that too or your parents but we're not right. gonna like put them with, with in, right you know we're not gonna take parents. them to court right but the ambient <laughs> but the, whether it's the ambient or the 
liquor or the cocaine or whatever, none of that creates spontaneously the trauma or the whatever created your fuck shit in your brain isn't created by the substance you ingested. That is like, that basically just, you know, removes the firewall to and like, And you're an Here's adult that's responsible for your and own decisions, some, thoughts, and yes. everything. Like, you've got to overcome it now. Like, no one also, has time some for of that it, shit anymore. Some of it is not even trauma-related at all. Some people, you're just a fucking dickhead, man. Like, with, and now no one, I could never speak to what, say, Mel Gibson's you know, history or like growing up was like he could have just been beat up by Jews all the everywhere he went. There was a Jewish guy there punching him back to the ground. His father is literally Australia's most famous and most published anti Semite. Yeah, he started his own version of the Catholic Church because he was so anti Semitic that the church kicked him out. You have been fed something your whole life. Like we should have gotten back before the source, but if we see the the way that the sprout is coming out of the dirt you know what i mean right. like the seed was there long ago and mm-hmm. that's you're responsible for it and i mean right. we all have parents well, that's, that have it, and it now. lets nothing off the hook uh, for mel gibson it's just to say that we don't know whether there's trauma there or not sometimes it's just you were you are i a think being raised by a, a racist person a is fucking trauma yeah i, I do define but, them as trauma but that's like a whole it, there's so many people that were taught to be racist right. that They're are now instilled with racism that we're supposed to be traumatized. That, that now we're supposed to be tolerant to their racism because no, no nope, I know, nope, no, nope. I know. I'm just saying that that right now, when someone says, "Hey, don't bring politics into this. This isn't about politics," I'm like, "Well, when one side uses racism as like 80 percent of their platform, then everything is now politics, and it's okay to talk about like what's going on with schools right now. That shit needs to stop." Like, the Republicans lost every other battle, so the only one they have left now is going to be to try to destroy schools. And I don't even think schools are good, but they're going to be at worst if Republicans are stripping every book out of the goddamn place. Like, the fact that we're afraid of book burning again right. is fucking and it, crazy. It, and, right, because I believe what, you, you know, what you're we really referencing is, like, the way they're trying to relabel, relabel any addressing of the racial history of America as critical race theory. And it's it's not. You can't talk. And, it's, it's illegal in a lot of counties right now to mention that Thomas right. Jefferson was a rapist. You can't right. say that and, he had a relationship with but his slave. But they're relabeling that and you as critical race theory, which is not. But in my opinion, critical race theory is actually a very interesting and important thing to look at. But what is important to delineate here is that basically certain pundits on the right are trying to be like oh you can't teach critical race theory but what critical race theory actually is without you know being a student of the game but it's they mainly the actual what that actually is is something that they teach in law school so like you can't teach this to kindergartners because it's basically in elementary schools not the actual the real original version of what critical race theory starts as is higher education then trickles down to public school education for young children it's not but it's it's an examination of how the law has been used in a systemic racism type of way and it's it was originally taught in law schools to be like okay well if we are working from the idea that um the american legal system was predicated on some really racist ideas how do we go back and untangle those knots 
is my understanding of that, right? So there's a lot of what is actual critical race theory that you really, you're, it's not only would you not teach that to like a fifth grader or a fourth grader, they wouldn't understand it even if you did. Right, because you're I'm talking about gonna, the law. Obviously, I'm clearly anti all of that. I, just, I would just put it into the context of like if I am taking an undergraduate or a graduate level class on sexuality mm-hmm. or um, aspects of human sexuality, mm-hmm. there are concepts there that are being taught mm-hmm. that I may or may not, you know, whatever my feelings are about them. Those are going to trickle down into sex education for younger children. So it's yes. not as if like something is so far beyond the human mind that you only teach it here. It's that you create this concept in higher education. That's why we call it that. Right. And then eventually once you do it, it will inevitably trickle down to a thing that is more palatable for a young mind to right. understand. And so completely, it is relevant to everyone. It's not like something that they just weirdly took from higher education and put on kids they do that with no, literally every right concept. no no eventually it does trickle down i completely agree with you but it's not what, like what they're calling critical race theory which is like a law school level thing is not what they're teaching in two kindergartners or fourth graders or fifth well, graders that's not and what eventually the republicans are fighting either Right, they because have their they're own trying idea of to relabel is. things. It's the same way in the Bush era, where if you called anything terrorism, then it's now okay to break the law, to torture people, to to do all kinds of shit that is supposedly un-American. You know what I mean? And use that as the excuse. Well, that's different, though. Like, you're talking about like a linear path between like a higher level of understanding of a concept that you Mm -hmm. don't agree with and how that trickles down to younger children terrorism the way that that trickles down is through propaganda that's given to younger kids and in like a different way but we don't right but that's my point they're propagandizing critical race theory to act like it's a a bad idea yo america should examine its Right, but America should it's examine like its ra- its own racist history. Celibacy uh, but, to children, but white it's children might joke. feel bad about themselves. Right, exactly. Which doesn't even make sense in any way. It shape, doesn't or form. remotely make sense. Right, and that's what I'm saying. They're propagandizing this idea that for America to deal with its own dark systemic racist bullshit is to. You're propagandizing that to be like, well, oh, I mean, you're trying to make little fucking but it's white the kids Simpsons. feel bad. I mean, it's it's a Simpsons punt joke, you know, like, yeah. won't someone think of the, the children? children? Like, that's yeah. that's the entirety of this is they're like, holy fuck, this could work. Holy fuck, right. it worked in Virginia. Pump the cash towards this. And it's yeah, they're they're just 100%. Try, they're just so trying to relabel it. The concept is this much higher level understanding. Mm-hmm. It's something that's taught at this level. Right. All that I'm saying is that all of that trickles down all the way to these kids. And that's why it's bizarre. And so we can't just say like, oh, that's reserved for a higher level of understanding. Once you teach it at any level, you know that the inevitable outcome is that it's going to be taught to all to of these degree. children. Like they don't do much Holocaust teaching in, in, oh, mil- in elementary school. Oh, they fucking do. Dude, it's bizarre as and fuck. Wait, are you against that? In elementary school? No, I am 100% for it. Yeah. Except I think that you have to be really conscientious about how you do it, right? What is the way that most children learn? Do we need to learn about the concept? So for my kids, right, I want them to understand the concept of Hitler, the concept of the Holocaust, the concept of um, ethnocentrism, Mm -hmm. what people can do that is so horrifying. And yet 
we've got to preserve some level of um, kids maintaining an idea that they're capable of thinking above it, beyond it, and better than it. So you have to be really careful. If you inundate them with images that come from those times, mm -hmm. I think that that's something that we have to be really, really careful about. Like, are you doing it through words or images? You really got to think about the child psychology. Like, kids absorb things in certain ways and it's really weird like if you have kids or you know kids right like you realize that you teach them certain things and they absorb it in a certain way and it's a little bit scary you're like oh shit i didn't mean to overdo this right mm -hmm. like i have to be careful well like right now when i bring up homeless people right with a small child you have to like take it to a certain line or they might want to give away all of their shit 100%. And you have to explain to them that no, 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 this is our stuff. You know, like, and there's there's a weird line hey somewhere in there. Where or you're they're like, very <laughs> concerned that you're not inviting those people to come yes, stay at yes. your home. Yep. Right? Like, no, that, that happens. Then we need to invite that person to come sleep in our house. And that is real. That's you're like, the most now I've got to explain crazy to you. <laughs> that's the most beautiful moment of childhood. Oh, yeah. And you don't want them to lose no, yeah, that. Yeah, having right? empathy. Like, keep your empathy. Keep your compassion. Let's go through this thing together. And also, I I have to teach you of all the other aspects of this bigger picture, which is the macro picture of culture and America and the systems and what has happened and how we can't fix it all by ourselves, but we can do it one step at a time. I just think it's super no, complicated. And that's, even thinking about that, like you, you can see where critical race theory would be helpful because my kid as a white child has the privilege of me not telling her everything and letting her just live her happy little childhood thing because no one's going to yell at her for the color of her skin right now. No one's going to call her any bad name for what she looks like. That's why I put they're my actually, kids in public They're school. actually going to say, wow, your kid's so pretty. Like everywhere we go, that's what she hears from strangers, not yeah. like, mur, 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 your kid's a demon. You know, like th that's a and, and to to not even recognize that that's a thing to say, like, we're going to ignore the fact that 13 percent of the population is black, but 50% in jail I or more always, is I will black. I always keep my kids in public and school the, for that And reason. the only way you can say that that's not systematic racism is to say that black people do more crime. You know, like that's the only way you can say that. It's not, you know, it, it is because they're hunted by the people that fill the jails. There's you know? no way that I would feel, even though I'm super tempted, right? As a mom, right? In moments that like, it doesn't feel like it's working in our favor. And I'm super hyper- concerned about the American government and the public school system and I don't think it works in our favor and I don't like it and I don't think it's doing well my kids have like over and over shown me like this is where I need to be and I'm like it's absolutely where you need to be you need to be having those conversations and seeing that happen in front of you over and over until you're concerned about the well-being of your friend that's been your friend that looks this way or does whatever and you relate to them and you get to be in these moments with them and you have this something that is so far beyond academia right like i don't give a fuck if you're getting basic math lessons like i know you'll get that shit like you guys are smart enough kids but do you have an intelligence about the social circumstances of the nation that you live in and what we're really doing here and I will say wholeheartedly, my kids fucking do. Yeah. Like, they really fucking get it. And they're like, I'm not doing this. Like, moments where I'm like, maybe we should go to a different kind of school where these things don't happen. My kids are like, fuck that. Like, this is my school. These are my people. Yeah. This is my friends, my community. And I'm super grateful to them for being that way. And that's important. And it's not an easy decision. Everyone has to do what's best for their kids. But I think the more that we just make a decision, like, 
keep them in the system in that way with like critical thinking, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Hey, the more something you know. I want to bring up before we end because mm-hmm. I did not know this. I mean, when you hear this, you're going to say, well, yeah, that makes sense, of course. But I did not know that marathon runners, okay, if there's a marathon, mm-hmm. a couple of them will poop during the run. They're not going to stop running when you this mean happens. Statistically speaking. I mean, like, when there's a marathon, <laughs> there's going to be a puddle of doo doo, and Dude. there's going to be somebody at the end holding towels, being like, come here, I got you. And I had Chafee no idea. Too. I, I just Thank saw a story. You for saying that. This woman ran a marathon. She was making one of her best times ever. She's looking at her clock, and she was apparently, they all ate this mushroom pasta before the race, and many of them dropped out. She was like, nope. I'm going to keep running. Yeah. And then three huge dumps. And they show her. She's wearing these very diapers? small Wait, shorts. Diapers? No. no. Wait, Wear a she... diaper. No. It's Marathon just, runner. It just, diapers. It's just shooting Marathon out her tight streets. shorts. <laughs> it's just shooting out the bottom of her shorts. You know, and sp- her legs are just sprayed brown. And she just keeps going and apparently has three big dumps and made her by best herself. It's like or giving birth. She, she made... dumped three by herself. When a woman is about to give birth, I tell her, you're about to run a marathon. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. But I never, ever realized that both of them <laughs> will probably poop themselves. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the commonality yeah. there. But that's apparently in the article, they said this is this is not oh. uncommon in any way, shape, or form. And there's usually at least one, if not four or five, for every race. And that racers know about this. And they'll like... They'll, they'll, you watch. You keep an eye on the ass in front of you in case you got to jump out the way because you don't want to step in it and screw your you time up. You guys keep your eye on the ass in front of you regardless. Neither they of like, you are marathon runners, but no, you're checking out asses all day. The night before, they're just like getting drunk in a hotel bar getting ready for the thing. They're like, yo, watch. I'm going to drop three deuces on y'all motherfuckers. Y'all better stay out of my no, shit piles. Like, don't, run have- <laughs> don't run behind Doug. Don't run behind Doug. You guys, no, let's I think they trademark a worst case scenario marathon pull up. Oh, like actual, like, you know, like Huggies right? pull-ups? See, here's the thing. You've got to make like it. the astronaut. You know those things, those pants astronaut, that strippers, the pants that strippers wear? Astronauts, astronauts. Ah, I get it. No, really, that bitch that you drove down there to kill the guy. You have no time to take your diaper off. You can't stop for even a split second because your time. So the diaper has to be like those stripper pants. you got to be able to grab the diaper, Do rip it, and throw it. Do you think people take the diaper off, they bro? Can't, yes. No, you no. can't have that extra weight. They shave their legs for this fucking race. You can't have that extra weight of a deuce hanging on your butt bouncing up they're and down they're splattering it down their pants and in their fucking, shorts bro oh, that's extra yeah, weight but you losing, fucking with the aerodynamics all right we need like a quick a breakaway 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 pants yeah that's what i'm saying breakaway like, pull-ups like stripper diaper they, they just pop oh right off. Like wait a minute diapers. we need the halfway point between trademark be- stripper divers hashtag, hashtag stripper, stripper divers. divers uh but no like the halfway point between like huggies pull-ups and uh like soccer breakaway pants yeah. i like to call them basketball breakaway or nba pants, yeah, i guess say okay. nba yeah like they stand I mean, up they're like whoosh like we're right. cooler I'm we're just, just gonna go with stripper diapers soccer since you already cool fucking too. you know there's a club somewhere in america where there is a diaper wearing stripper on the pole right now in a diaper with a pacifier in her mouth yeah, she's dancing for the wood from police, motherfucker. Mm, they still into that kind of shit. They're still into it. They didn't you get know. over it. You know. They outgrew it. Hey, hey lady. No, they, they elected new. They were know. babies at 40. They didn't outgrow it. They'd <laughs> <laughs> be like Thanos. They're going to like be just be here forever. They're just like the Eternals. Um, all right. 
let's close on you know woodfin diaper parties uh and anybody uh anybody who doesn't live in the uh greater Asheville metropolitan area you just go ahead and google search woodfin north carolina police diaper parties on behalf of my lovely lady Yoko Ono, a.k.a. Silver Plath, a.k.a. Marathon Streep, a.k.a. Hot Stripper Diapers, a.k.a. The Minty Rim. Uh, I am your host, Valio Iglesias, MC Onion, the Rap Scallion, the Subwoofer Drug Puffer, the, bu- the Boulevard oh. Sunder God. Uh, my Mellow, my man. Adam Strange, Adam Who's Strange, Infidel Castro, a pimp named Candy Cane, a pimp named Mint Rim. Does that make me a sex worker? Uh, a little bit it does. Um, yeah, worse or nots, you have been rocking with the worst. This is the worst case scenario, and we are sending out super good vibes to Charles Barber. You will be at work tomorrow, sir. And you are all good. Uh, two wrongs will make right, but three wrongs definitely make it worst.